if we focused on how do we expand love, how do we open our heart and how do we create the world that we want to live in? If that was our main focus this year, mm. we will do really, really well. Because this is the year that we've all been waiting for. This is the That's year that amazing. we all incarnated for mm. to show up in your mastery. Hello and welcome to Mother the Mother. I am McLean McGowan. This podcast is an offering for all women to gather energetically, sister to sister, mother to mother, to co-create a sacred space for healing, educating, and sharing as we journey through motherhood and womanhood. It is such an incredibly powerful moment in time to be a woman, and I thank you for showing up on behalf of yourself and for all of the women in your lives, past, present, and future, to honor our matriarchal lines, all who came before, and all who will come after. Hi, everyone. Thank you so much for tuning in today. Welcome to a new decade. It is 2020 and wow, it feels really, really powerful thus far. It, um, let's see, today is, today is January 14th. When this episode airs, it'll be in two weeks from now. So towards the end of January. This is episode 44, I can't believe it, of the podcast, Mother the Mother. I'm so grateful for all of you for tuning in, for listening, for supporting this, what seemed to be a totally wild hair and as 100% my passion project. I'd love it so much. So thank you. Thank you for listening and for all of your just incredible feedback and for allowing this to be a co-creation because I really do want to be talking about the things that you want to be listening to and also have you be part of this conversation because it is the whole intention for the Mother Mother podcast is to create an online community, you know, recreating this village for ourselves. So thank you. Thank you. And I hope in big or small ways that it is being of service in your journey as a woman and as a mother. And I'm again, always, always open for feedback for ideas for topics, ideas for guests, you can always email me McLean, M-C-L-E-A-N at motherthemother.com or DM me on Instagram. And um, I may not get back to you immediately, but I keep track of all of the emails that you send me. So thank you for that. There's been so much astrologically going on that I've been posting in my stories, but I've really been feeling the positive energy for 2020. I feel like 2019 was a real growth year for me. And I think in our society and globally as well, it almost feels like going through that fire to come out on the other side stronger and more shiny and more beautiful, but it's really gnarly and painful when you're in it. And um, it feels nice to be out of that gauntlet. Um, that does not mean it is time to now rest on my laurels. In fact, it's even more the moment to stand up and to keep forging ahead and positively fighting for what I want and the world that I want my kids to grow up in, the world I want to be in. And we all must step up, whatever it is, whatever your dharma is, whatever your inner knowing of your gift to the world is, whatever that inside you is, it's time now to really own it, really step into it. Ride that wave of worthiness. 
ask for that raise, ask for the rate that you want and you know that you deserve. It's, it's really the time now. And it's something that I can't even put into words what I've been feeling. Um, I was at a tarot moon circle the other night and I described it as it almost feels like I'm stepping into a new human suit. Something energetically really shifted for me in the past couple of weeks. And I think some of it is physical for me. I got blood work done and I was extremely deficient in a couple of amino acids to the point where my doctor was like, I don't actually know how you're functioning. So I think physically, I just feel way better and alive, which then makes me always sad. Like, oh, I was suffering. I didn't really even know the depths of it, but I'm on some supplements. Um, I'm changing up my diet a bit and refocusing on gut health and um, being my own scientist within my own body. You know, we are our own healers and sometimes it does take outside support, but it's also really tuning in and making up your own protocol. So I'm in the midst of that. I'll share more as I journey through, but I am feeling so much better physically. I have so much more energy. It feels really, really awesome. So I think that's part of it too, is I just feel like time is on. It's happening. It's on like 2020. Let's do this. Let's change the world. Let's change our communities. Let's fight for the things that are really important, which is medical freedom, the health of our own bodies, the health of our children's bodies, the ocean, what we're doing, polluting the air, you know, the, these fires raging in Australia, we are, we are at a crisis point and we must, in the small and the big ways, really make change now. And if you're a new mom, just know that the time to go big is not right now. It is, for you going big is nourishing yourself energetically and that of your baby. That's the most important work right now. And also knowing all the rest healing that you bank now is going to serve you in a year and two years and three years. So you can go out into the world when your baby's a little bit older and help change the world and be part of it. So, you know, I don't want to add any shoulds or any pressure to any new moms. And by new moms, that could even be, you know, a year out, two years out, three years out. We all have a different journey. We all have a different body. We all have a different experience. If you have more than one kid, that's a whole other ballgame. So, just know that you can only do what you can do when you can do it. But for those of us that have the energy, have the space, have the intention, it's really time to step up our game now. Because that saying that I love, if not us, then who? And I feel like never has that been more true than it is right now. So I feel amped. I don't feel negative about it. I feel amped. I feel positive. There have been some major wins this week in the medical freedom arena, which I've been posting in stories so you can follow more on that. And it's really just taking ownership. You know, these very simple things that hundreds of years ago, people would think we're crazy for being where we are right now. It's just taking ownership for your own life, your own body, being your own sovereign, not these outside forces. And when you really start to debunk the different structures that we live within, a lot of it does not make sense. The way we birth does not make sense. The way we support the dying does not make sense. Our medical system, a lot of it does not make sense. You know, doctors 
and nurses get maybe half a day training on vaccinations, maybe, if that. And really, it's just being told, follow the CDC schedule. Same goes with doctors and nutrition, you know. It's it's really these systems, even the educational system, you know, that's unraveling. Many, many parts of our society are falling through the cracks. So there is an upheaval and there is a lot of darkness going on. But with that, you must hold steady and you must see the light that is dawning from this darkness and really bring being brought forth for us to see what we've been ignoring. You know, where has, you know, the wool been brought over our eyes? Like how have we kind of allowed ourselves to get duped? And then now we're waking up from that. And then it's on you to figure out where you can be of service and how you can help whatever cause that you're called to help. And, you know, we all need to be helping in some way just to feel like part of our communities and part of this world. And it's not, you know, these things happening to other people. It's actually happening to us because we are part of this community. And, um, you know, when you become a mother, that really rings true from every mom that I've ever met. They say, you know, when I had a baby, it's when I really understood my mom or I really understood what my friends that became mothers were going through. And there's no way to really know it until you enter into it. And that's why we have to heal each other. We have to heal ourselves and heal each other and support that village because we know what it's like. And we know what needs more support. We know what needs changing. And we have, with that experience, more capable ways to be of change and of service. So I'm psyched for 2020. I'm really just staying in the positive. I'm not interested in negative conversations. I'm not interested in devil's advocate kind of conversations. I'm really keeping my vibe high and it's working. I feel really happy. I'm calling in a lot of work. I feel abundant. I feel I'm having these great run-ins with different people because I feel like my vibe is high. And with all the stuff that's happened in the six months, you know, I had to kind of untangle myself from some of it because my nervous system was really um, taking a hit. And um, my friend group has gotten smaller. I have to be very disciplined going on social media, on Instagram. I'm not on the other social medias, but I have to be very disciplined. I um, I don't go on much and scroll and follow a lot of people anymore. I don't I don't allow for that because I don't want that busyness in my brain at all times. I don't want to be seeing everything that everyone's doing. It's too much information. It's inundation of stuff that really at the end of the day, isn't important for me, for my family, for my work, for my life. So I've been more mindful about that. And today's episode is with Jana Romer. She was on episode 20 and we delve more into that of just really being the captain of your ship, which is your life. And you're the mainstay as the mother and the family. And it's a lot of responsibility and it can feel overwhelming at times, certainly for hours or days or sometimes even weeks. It feels so much like, how did I sign up for this? But we did and we are here 
and there's help we can get to support us. And there is no more important job. We literally are reparenting ourselves. We're healing our own traumatic wounds as we become mothers and mother own kids. We're also bringing a massive healing to our partners and allowing for this journey together. But then we're really, you know, we're raising the next couple of generations. It's a really big gig and it deserves all the respect. And uh, I'm just reflecting some of that back to you because in our society, mothers do not get the respect that we deserve. And um, we're changing that little by little. We're, we're bringing it back. I mean, the amount of work it takes to do all the laundry, keep a house clean and non-toxic, cooking homemade meals, you know, organic food without pesticides and junk um, and chemicals and really, you know, feeding and nurturing the brains and the bodies of our kids takes so much effort and research and time to do it all and grocery shop and go to the farmer's market and wash the vegetables. And I just commend you all for not dialing it in and showing up on behalf of yourself and your family because it does matter. It matters hugely. And Jana, I love, she is such an amazing woman and mother and healer. If you don't know her, she's janaromer.com. She does the amazing yoga nidra meditations that you can purchase online. And she's a yoga teacher and lots of things. But um, the reason I wanted her back on is to share her postpartum journey with her second baby, who is two months now. And when we last spoke, she was newly pregnant. I don't even think she'd announced it maybe even openly to the world yet. Uh, she didn't know the sex and she was really on the front side of the journey. And so I'm fascinated by hearing early in people's postpartum journey, if they're open to sharing that soon, what it's really like in real time for them, because I think it's healing and it's just so informational for soon to be mamas to know what it really is. And I think the longer time passes, we kind of forget or the story changes and perspective changes. So um, I'm really grateful that she took the time to come over with her precious baby, Augie, who was such a little gem. He he talks on the podcast a little bit. And, um, you know, just how she did things differently. She she did it pretty well the first time, you know, considering everything. But second time, she's like really owning it and set her up, set herself up so well to thrive. So it was a joy to have her and just sending love out to all of you. Let's stick together. Let's band together and have the very best year yet ahead. Jema. Hi, Jana. Hi, McLean. Thank you for coming today. Thanks for having me. So like I was just saying, this is going to be episode 44. And the last time we spoke, it was episode 20. And so much has changed. You have a second baby. Everything's changed. Mm-hmm. The whole world <laughs> no. has changed. Yeah. <laughs> Your whole world. So let's just dive in. How is it round two? Um, you know, it's really interesting. It's I think it's actually a lot easier for mm. me personally. I'm not mm-hmm. saying in general. But uh, with the first one, he was such a shock to my system. Mm-hmm. And I felt like a deer in headlights and everything was new. And this one, 
I, my husband and I worked out so much stuff. I think we talked about mm-hmm. that a little bit on the last mm-hmm. podcast. We, we worked out so much stuff in the way that we're even approaching each other and parenthood and family dynamics and how we take care of the home. It just is coming from a different place. Mm-hmm. And it helps that this guy sleeps. Yes, that's a huge one. <laughs> but that's, I think that's such a huge point. And it's so beautiful that you guys actually did that and did the work is that, um, you know, when you have the first, it just rocks everything. everything. And then now you have a game plan and you're like really in partnership. And what does that really look like? And I think the second kid is such an opportunity for that. And obviously not everyone does it, but yeah, um, you know, you went through some, some hard moments. Yeah. And the, the other, other thing side. that I did completely different was actually plan for postpartum. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's the other thing we said last time. First pregnancy, yeah. I planned for birth. Mm-hmm. And that was it. The, yeah. What happened after birth was a big black hole of who knows what it is. Yeah. And this one, I was like, I got the birth. Yeah. I don't know what's going to happen in the birth. That's the biggest black hole, but totally. I can plan for postpartum. Mm. And I think... Also, there's so many different resources available mm-hmm. now than even five years ago. Oh, totally. Like Kimberly Johnson's book, The Fourth mm-hmm. Trimester, or um, The 40 Days Food mm-hmm. Book. You know, these things, these tools, they didn't exist five Mm-mm. years ago. No. And so one of my favorite things to do during my pregnancy was to like open up Kimberly's book and just read my husband a, an excerpt from it, you know, mm-hmm. and just say, hey, honey, check this out. Because I knew he wasn't going to read it, but I knew also that he would listen to me if I shared from an expert. Totally. It, you know, I think Having it's that good third to person too is really third nice. person again. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> An authority. Hashtag marriage. <laughs> you need that neutral other party. Yeah. No, yeah. it's so true. And I think, uh, I just want to underline an exclamation point. And I think that's just so common that most of us prepare for the birth and it's all about the birth classes and all your resources going towards the birth. And then you really see it is obviously such a mystery every single time. And then on the other side, you're just left like high and dry. I mean, that's how I was with my first. That's why I'm a postpartum doula now. Yeah, exactly. So I was like, wait. Um, what just this, happened? This is a niche that needs filling. Like, yeah. Stat. Um, And yeah, and just had it like on lock for the second baby. Because you don't... And I think that is the important too to remember is like, since we do have resources, you can always fill in as you need to because we also don't know how the baby's latch is going to be. Are they going to be tongue-tied? Like, what's your breast tissue going to be like? There are all these other variables we can't control. And you can seek out those resources if and when you need them. But to have like the food, which I want to talk uh, you know, about how you line that up and, and just have that care, at least some care that's already scheduled is so huge. Yeah. Well, another big difference between my first and my second was I got pregnant three months after moving to Los Angeles. Mm, And then mm -hmm. I lived in three different houses during my pregnancy because when I moved down here, I moved into my, my husband's place, which was close to the arts district. Mm. And that wasn't conducive for family life. Right. And then we moved to Studio City um, and we actually found the place before I was pregnant and moved in after we found out that I was pregnant, but it didn't have a bathtub. And I was like, I can't live in a place without uh, a bathtub. Totally. And then we moved again and it worked out great, except for there was a problem with the place that we moved into. And I, we had to move six weeks after I gave birth. You did? No, wait. Yeah, we moved January 1st and February was born, or Freddie was born November 2nd. Wow. Yeah. yeah. 
which is a way longer story and I'm not going to get into it. But like that much moving, it didn't really give me a chance to establish a community the way that I have today. And be able to nest and just feel like really comfortable in your space. Yeah. Well, we didn't know we were getting kicked out. So I did nest Mm. really well. And Mm. the place that I'm in now, which we've been in ever since, Mm -hmm. um, and the one previous, they're only six blocks from each other. So Mm. I did start to develop community, but it was still that upheaval. And then also Mm. having to pull in instead of socializing Mm -hmm. and finding my people, you know? And now you have such a crew. Oh my God. It's amazing. I love it here so much. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Do you think you'll stay a while? That's a question mark. Yeah. (laughs) I know. And I feel like it is for most of us too. Yeah. um, So how... Okay, so when we last spoke, I don't know what week you were, but you didn't know the sex. It was still pretty early. Maybe... Trying to think. Had I even told the world yet when we recorded? I don't think I had. I think you just had. Okay. I think you just had. Because we were talking about your pregnancy. That's Fred. That's Augie. That's Augie. (laughs) Augie's here. My oldest daughter's here too. (laughs) Yeah, I hear some kids. Yeah, Augie's right here. He's so precious. Oh my God. So cute. Yeah, and I met you when you were pregnant with Freddie. Mm -hmm. We had just moved here. Yeah. And Freddie and I have the same birthday. So I (laughs) I have a particular likeness for him. And I think too, the way that community understands how to support pregnancy is changing. Mm -hmm. And especially here, I think the West side of LA is a bit of a, I'm going to stand up, is a bit of a birth hub. Yeah. Like there's a lot of people doing really good birth work here. Mm -hmm. And so I think, um, I, I felt so much more supported by, by my community from them knowing how to support pregnancy and yeah, birth totally. and postpartum. Yeah, you don't have to explain it. And don't people have, just know what to do. Yes. People showed up. Yeah. People showed up. I was That's like, awesome. holy smokes. Wow. What actually was hilarious was going to Air One after I finally left the house. I didn't do 40 days. I did four weeks. Mm-hmm. And close enough. Super close. <laughs> it was good. Um, I had so many Erwan jars, you know, they have, mm-hmm. so Erwan is our local grocery store and they have, um, amazing food in Mason jars and they charge you $2 for the Mason, Mason jar, but you've got this beautiful organic food mm-hmm. and everybody brought me doll, which mm-hmm. I love. I could eat their doll all day. <laughs> I brought, I brought four bags of bottles back oh when I left the house. I was like, okay, so we know what I've been eating. <laughs> right. Yeah. You're like, I am your model, Erwan <laughs> model. I know. I know. And I love their jars though. Their jars are great. I mean, even when I brought my, the food to you, we like switched out in the air one and I, you know, I use all of them. Yeah. Um, and it is an investment. So it's, you know, it's $13 for soup. Then you got a great mason jar. <laughs> yeah. Hi. Okay. So how did the birth end up going? The birth was really interesting. I'm going to back a little bit before the birth because mm-hmm. I think it's really relevant. Yeah. And during my pregnancy, I, I was dreaming about my birth. So mm. I dreamt that my baby fell out of me while I was walking by the food court in Vegas, which I would never, <laughs> I have no desire to go to Vegas, but it was a dream. And and then there was dreams where I was being tossed around by my contractions. So I was shown mm. the position that I gave birth in. I was shown mm. where in my house I gave birth eventually. I was shown that it was going to be really quick. And so I would tell my midwife about these dreams. And she one day was like, listen, I'm just going to prepare you for an unassisted birth. Mm -hmm. Just in case. Let's talk about it. And she left a little 
uh, surgical shoe tie for his umbilical cord at the mm-hmm. house. And, and um, uh, I read a book called Unassisted Birth, which I think was a good thing to do because it was way more than just an unassisted birth. It was like mm-hmm. the mind of mm-hmm. birth. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I was also really overdue. So at four, I thought I was going to go early because I was dilated and, mm. you know, things, it felt, I just felt like I was going to give birth. Mm. I was having days where I would like, you know, that birth dreamy yes. world where yeah. you're kind you're of like leaving. in the portal. Yes. Yeah. And I felt like I was in the portal for about five weeks total. Um, and my Braxton Hicks were strong enough that my body was preparing for that whole five weeks. It wasn't like, what do you call that when you're contracting the whole time? It wasn't like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, it starts with the P, but my body was definitely like, okay, we know what's going on. And my mom was going to come down for my birth and, uh, at 41 weeks. So what she was going to do was, uh, the second I went to labor, I would text her and then she would get on the next flight over from Canada, <laughs> down from Canada. Mm-hmm. Um, and whether she made it for the birth or not was irrelevant, but she was going to be there for the first week or so. Mm. And at 41 weeks, she went silent on me and it's super out of character. Mm. And it turns out that um, after three years being cancer free, her cancer had come back and she was mm. in a hospital with tons of pain and all this mm. stuff. And so it was really emotional. Wow. My my time was more emotional than a typical mm-hmm. <laughs> birth yeah. journey. I think because wow. of that, I mean, I remember like tidal waves of tears coming mm. through me. Uh, Wow. In that last week, like, holy smokes, like, how is this the high and the low? Mm. Like, how high it is to be mm. meeting new life and mm-hmm. how low it is to find out that my mom, my favorite person oh in the God. entire world, like, my mom and I have an incredible relationship. And mm. she's the kind of mom I never, I don't have to heal from my childhood. Mm. You know, mm-hmm. she was, she's legit. Mm. <laughs> you know, she's, she's unconditionally loving and just wonderful. So was she trying to kind of not talk she's, to you? She didn't want to add yeah. stress. And then I was like, this is not yeah, normal. What's, what's going on? And my brother wow. finally was like, okay, call. Um, wow. And then it's 42 weeks and I've got no sign of labor, <laughs> you know, the morning of 42 weeks. And I started to do things. So at 40 weeks, I started to do the acupuncture and I started mm. to um, just work in my body a little differently and trying to, you know, coax some action without doing anything too invasive. Mm -hmm. And uh, at 41 weeks and five days, we went a lot stronger with everything and nothing was happening. And like, was stronger, like castor oil? I didn't do the castor oil till the last month. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) So you didn't sweep membranes or anything like that? Not until Mm -hmm. the last day. Okay. Yeah. Um, Because as you probably know, in the state of California, 42 weeks is the longest a midwife can sit with you. Mm -hmm. And so we also went and met with Dr. Fishbein Mm -hmm. because he can, Dr. Stuart Fishbein can be at a home birth because he's a a doctor after 42 weeks. And so 42, on the day of 42 weeks, Alex came over. We had a full conversation. Yeah. We had a full conversation about, uh, (laughs) about all my emotional stuff. Mm. And, um, which kind of made me laugh because I'm a bit of, bit of a procrastinator. And that was one of the things I unpacked mm. from my last birth because it was mm. 25 and a half hours. I'm like, I just procrastinated it. And I was like, mm. it's, I'm still procrastinating. <laughs> mm. So I'm going to heal this now. We're mm. going to do this today. Wow. You know? 
And um, so she swept my membranes. I drank some castor oil. The bowels emptied mm. as expected, but no contractions. Mm. And so we called Dr. Fishbein. I was going over there Monday morning and the first contraction happened right around one o'clock when I looked in at the clock. It tossed me out of bed. So yes, shortly after one o'clock, I got tossed out of bed. It was mm. exactly like one of my dreams. And uh, when I looked at the clock, it was 108. And I was uh, like, oh I can just oh, feel that God. so viscerally when you're saying that. <laughs> or just like being on a, you know, a ship or something, like rocked out of bed. Oh my God. Toss. A contraction. Wow. Toss. Between the first and second, mm. it was about four minutes. And I had an app all ready to go on my phone to time contractions. And I never had more than three minutes after that between contractions. Wow. My husband tried to set up the birth tub, couldn't do it. It was a very sad <laughs> situation <laughs> because he would come over and press on my hips and then he'd run over to try and oh, set it up. Man. But then it was happening so quick and it happened so quick mm. that we didn't, we should have set the birth tub up when I drank castor oil, you know, but like, but know. we didn't and that's fine. Um, <laughs> that's like 75% of homebirths, I feel like. <laughs> yeah, it's like, just like, we, we didn't get it. We didn't get to do it. And then um, I thought I would go in the shower because mm-hmm. that felt really mm-hmm. nice. And it was intense. Mm. Like it was intense. And the shower, I just didn't want to stand. And I was doing lunges at the back, like putting my bum under the, like my hips under the mm-hmm. hot water. Mm-hmm. And anyways, that was, that was pretty intense. <laughs> and then I got out of the shower and mm-hmm. sat on the toilet. And I was like, Mark, you have to call Alex. He was like, okay. And I'm like, and call the photographer. He's like, okay. <laughs> and as he's calling them, my body started involuntarily pushing. Mm. Like I was there. And and Alex okay. got there. I think they got to the house in 11 minutes, like very quickly. And 20 She's minutes. not that close either. Well, because I drank the castor oil. Okay. Kat, she stayed. Okay, gotcha, it, yeah. Kat was assisting in Venice, her. her assistant, right. Yeah, and she has a place in Venice. So mm-hmm. Alex stayed at her place, thank God. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so, yeah, I think it's it's something like seven or eleven. I forget the they yeah because quick in the valley or in the valley would be a lot. She would have missed birth. <laughs> oh, God. And her assistant isn't licensed yet, so she couldn't attend the birth without Alex. Oh man, yeah. Thank so, God she spent the night. Yes. I know. Okay. So yeah, she made it for the last twenty minutes, and um, I was by the time they got there, I was already gone. You know, like I know they arrived. I know Alex's voice was my guy, like she was my safety anchor, mm. but Mark was my rock. My husband mm. is Mark. He was my rock. And they coaxed me off the toilet. I came to all fours. My arms were on my bed. It's a low, like plank bed and my knees on the ground on all fours. And that was it. That it was, it was fast. It was an wow. hour and five minutes total wow. from first contraction to baby oh my in my God. arms. <laughs> One hour and five minutes. Wow. Mm-hmm. And he came out, I'll show you. Oh my God. Uh, he came out um, really sweetly. Uh, and I, 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 like, it was so fast and so surreal. And I was so present and so deep with it that it, I, it took me a bit to process that that's what just happened. Mm, you know, mm-hmm. like the shock was real. I was like, wow. Wow. I, I, I was with it for the mm. whole thing, but just to believe that it could happen that fast after the first one being 25 and a half hours, you know? And, uh, yeah, I, I mean, I, I can't even process that. It's crazy. In my own body when I'm thinking of it. Yeah. 
And Augie, oh, he's he, got a good latch. He's a great latch. He's eating right now. He's a tongue-tied baby too. We worked mm. on it. We didn't cut it. We didn't snip it. We just did. Wow. Um, but yeah, and then it was really sweet because mm. they just crawled up onto my bed. They had it protected with all the things and... And uh, we left the umbilical cord attached and we actually tried to wake up Freddie because he said he wanted to be there for mm-hmm. it. But when they went to go wake him up, he was like, no. <laughs> and he stayed in bed. But after Augie was on the outside, <laughs> mm-hmm. they went and got him and um, both Kat and Alex, Mark had stew for them. Mm. And they went in the living room and ate and they left the three of us, the four of us in our bedroom to just bond mm, just the four so of us sweet. with the umbilical cord still attached and... Freddie was just kind of waking up and Mark and I were just in our oxytocin bubble. He caught him. Mm. And I love that. Did you feel the same closeness with your first birth with Mark or was that something you guys had worked on? Or Mark was my rock in both births. That's awesome. I trust him. Yeah. I trust him. I know that he's got and my he's back. And he's not scared about that kind of stuff. Like he seems really... Well, he's present. He does a lot of work on himself and... Yeah. Like he won't you just talk with Mark. He just, he's so present. Yeah. And he's very intentional. Mm-hmm. And he also understands that he's capable of doing anything. Mm-hmm. You know, like he, I've never seen Mark freak out or feel like he can't do something. Wow. You know? What's his sign? He's a Taurus. Mm. That's, that's awesome. He's a Taurus opposite Uranus. And actually, Augie is... Scorpio opposite Uranus at the same degree. I still mm. have to look up what that means exactly. To have like father, son with, it could happen one day only in 84 years. Wow. That that could possibly be an aspect in the chart. Wow. So there's definitely something mm. quite karmic there. But. So you have two Scorpio suns. Two Scorpio suns. And this guy's a uh, sun, moon, Mercury and Venus all in Scorpio opposite Uranus. <laughs> wow. Yeah, he's born on the new moon. Wow. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, and what was your mental aspect during those two weeks when you were, you know, quote unquote, not, well, you weren't overdue, but you know, you thought you were going to go by 40 weeks. Yeah. So I was trying not to bother you. Yeah. I was just like, just checking in. But it's so, um, I think that's the hardest part is yeah. the number of people checking in. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then I was trying to leave updates on my Instagram, but then every update would have so many comments mm-hmm. back. Yeah. And I loved it, but I also was like, I just need to go inward. And mm-hmm. so I actually told everybody on Instagram, like, I told you I would tell you, but I'm not actually. Goodbye. Yeah. <laughs> Which I, just, I loved that you were in real time about it, you know? Because I kind of thought you were going to go silent and then you were doing the updates. And I was like, oh, awesome. I mean, selfishly, I want to know the updates. But then I was so happy that then you were like, yeah, peace. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to do it, the portal. And I was like, good on her. I'm so happy. Yeah, that was one of the best things that yeah. I did. And you know what? I went in shortly after I got the news about my mom. Because mm-hmm. I, was, I was like, I can't... It, I'm so transparent. Yeah. I'm not a, I'll give you 30% of my life, girl. I'm mm-hmm. like, you get it all. That's, mm-hmm. that's my filter. Yeah. <laughs> it's not one. <laughs> <laughs> my um, lack of filter is my filter. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I just, I really believe that being real is important. And that totally. was actually what was the most real for me. Yeah. Was that I needed to not be in my phone. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I'm glad I did. Yeah, I would. I did the same. I, I mean, first of all, Instagram wasn't even a thing when I had Jemima. Right. So, um, and I told everyone, do not. I'm not 
don't text me, you know? And I, cause I am a Scorpio. It's like, I don't, I don't want to be bothered. I really want to go in my cave. And with both of them, I did that. And I was like, no one text me. I will, you will know when the baby is here. Yeah. You just don't need that added pressure at all. Yeah. Um, and I was going for walks and I would call different girlfriends to be like, hey, could you walk? Cause it's always mm-hmm. nicer. Totally. And I remember one of my girlfriends, she's never had a kid. Uh, her and her girlfriend came walking with me and they were like, oh my God, I thought we'd be like pushing you in a wheelchair practically. <laughs> like, no, we're not mm-hmm. invalids. <laughs> you know, like we are fully capable yeah. of everything. And she, they were just, you know, kind of amazed that everything is normal. But I mm-hmm. think vitality, at least for me in both my pregnancies, increased the closer I got to birth. Mm-hmm. I had to sleep more. I was tired. But overall vitality, like the amount of life force moving through me, oh yeah, um, increased. Yeah, I felt very connected. And and when when you do the work, which you've done to live an embodied life, you know, separate from even being pregnant, but just doing the work, being so healthy, being so in touch with your body, your mind, like all of it, mm-hmm. it's just so important for women to do that work before you get pregnant because then it just adds to the whole situation. And like, you can be the healthiest. You can be the strongest, especially if you're doing a home birth. Like you need to be. It's an athletic feat (laughs) and uh, and a mental feat, obviously. Yeah. But, um, you know, it's, you know, especially with the second when I knew what to really expect. It's like I was walking five miles a day, like for almost all of my pregnancy. Like I felt so strong and fierce. Even in labor, I was... I walked three miles. I walked to the chiropractor. You know, it's like we're, we've kind of been sold this bill of goods about what that looks like, you know, in the hospital setting or in the movies or whatever. Yeah. It's actually, we're so strong if we can really own it and be healthy enough to engage with it, you know? I think for me, the practice of yoga nidra was more valuable than anything to make Mm. me stronger Mm -hmm. because what it does is create a profound relationship with the most subtle aspects of self. Mm. And so if people that are listening don't know what yoga nidra is, it's a laying down meditation where you go from the most obvious layer of your body to the most subtle layer of your body. And that you're working with the physical body, you're working with the breath and the energy body, you're working with the mental, emotional body and the polarities of you know, fear and love or Mm. resentment and forgiveness or, you know, all these different opposites. Um, Pleasure and pain. It was a good one that Mm -hmm. I loved working with during my pregnancy. Um, And then you go into this intuitive creative space as well. And so you're you're hitting multiple layers of self. And I think that was the most valuable thing I did during this pregnancy because I was so in tune with not only the pregnancy and the birth, but in the postpartum phase, um, I it was so much easier for me to identify my needs. Mm-hmm. So do I need to be quiet today or can I, like, you know, there was one day only where I canceled, no, sorry, two days, but they were together where I canceled any guests because mm-hmm. I just needed, I knew I needed it to be quieter. Mm-hmm. And there was another day where I had my girlfriend just drop it and go. And mm-hmm. I don't think that I would be able to even identify mm. my needs the same way without that practice. Mm. And I think that's a big piece of the postpartum phase that um, rocks women is that they that we don't know what we need yeah. until after. Mm. Like mm-hmm. after you're like, oh, I probably shouldn't have gone to that mm-hmm. thing. Or, 
me looking back at my postpartum period with Freddie, like I probably shouldn't have scheduled all of that stuff. Right. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I had house guests at 10 days sleeping yeah. over for like four days that weren't family, that didn't know mm-hmm. birth, you know? Mm-hmm. I mean, I love them. I wouldn't change it, but probably didn't need to do that. Yeah. I could have waited. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know? Yeah. And then, and just because you can doesn't mean you should, you know? Like, just because you can handle it doesn't need, mean you need to be handling it, which I think, yeah. you know, we know that after you, but it's like, we it's trial by fire too. It's like, we learn these things because we, we've we never done it before. Yeah. You know? So it is such an opportunity to really heal on such a deeper level the second time around. And I'm, I mean, personally, it was night and day with me. Oof. I mean, and it was such a gift. Yeah. So what did it look like? During your four weeks, like, can you not, you know, explain that? Yeah. Well, it was a teacher for me. Mm -hmm. That time was a teacher. Mm -hmm. And actually the meal train, Mm -hmm. what a brilliant Mm -hmm. invention. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Because even for really close friends, I was like, could you just go and pick a day on the meal train? And like, if it's open, it's open. And if it's not, it's not. Yeah. And then, then we'll talk about time once you have your day. Mm -hmm. Um, And so so that made it so much easier. Not that I want my friends to use my scheduler to hang out with me, but during that time, it was very important to have that because it took away any effort around scheduling or time or brain power decision-making around when things happen. And I also, you know, my my food preferences were in the meal train Mm -hmm. so they could see. And in there, there was also a little note saying, if, the mama doesn't feel like visiting, please be understanding and respectful. Mm-hmm. So not only was it a way for me to schedule and take some stuff off my plate, but it was an education for my friends, especially totally. the ones that have never been around birth before. Yeah. And so that clear was, boundaries, clear boundaries, clear expectations. And yeah. it's so it's so great on both sides. Like I did it and it was so great. Like I didn't have to text you. What do you want? Mm-hmm. Are you gluten-free? Or are you not? Who does dairy? Who doesn't do dairy? Like it was so it was there. helpful. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And oh, and you don't need to be doing 10 texts back and forth about who's coming what day and what time and like and it's all coming from a great place of people, but it's just it's it's brain power you don't have. Yeah. 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 Because, Genius, everyone do it. Yeah. Because that birth portal, it doesn't actually close the moment you get birth. No. That's why <laughs> that's why we have the 40 days. Yeah. And I also scheduled Kate Danson to mm-hmm. come and give Abianga mm-hmm. a meal once a week. So and good. Kate was my birth doula the first time around. And what we learned in my first time around is that I don't like a lot of people at my birth. And mm. so I, my mom flew down and made it for the birth and I kicked her out. Mm. And then I was like, mom. The first time or second time? First time. First time. Mm-hmm. I was like, mom, can you um, go hang out with Kate? <laughs> and I'm like, Kate, can you take care of my mom? <laughs> it's like my trying to be polite way of mm-hmm. being like, I just need to be alone right now. Mm-hmm. Um, but I brought her back in for postpartum because mm-hmm. I love her. Mm-hmm. And she did Abianga and made a meal every day. And she just came into my house like, really sweetly, mm-hmm. like, what do you need? And it was just, that was really nice. It was only once a week, but that's, that's great. all I and needed. you know it's coming. Yep. And the abianga, like the oiling. Mm, so good. Even if you're not having a postpartum doula, because I realize these services aren't available everywhere, mm-hmm. just oiling your body, like yep. sesame, warm up some sesame oil and cover your body. So grounding and nourishing. So grounding. You never knew oil would be so I nourishing. Know. On the head when you're like spinning out. Yes. Oil your head before, after, shower. It's amazing. Yeah. And then um, my husband's business, his work, um, actually only gave him one week. Mm. So that was a little bit challenging. 
my mom wasn't able to come. Uh, she still hasn't met Augie yet. Mm. So that was, that was, it was also really hard for me just emotionally not to have mm-hmm. my mom around. You know what the thing that happened that was the most extraordinary thing is um, I prioritize my need practice. I, I, Augie has, well, right now he's having three naps a day. I love it. Mm, so good. <laughs> Newborn. Mm-hmm. I have sometimes more. But I prioritize the first nap I do, Nidra. And then the second one, that's when I'll do the stuff that I need to do. And so um, I wouldn't even get out of bed for mm. the first, like, maybe six weeks. I don't think I even got out of bed until after first nap mm-hmm. because I would wait. He'd wake me up and then I'm close sleeping, obviously. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he'd wake me up and change diaper and nurse and have a little play. And then he would just naturally fall back asleep. And then I'd do my nidra practice and sometimes he'd be on me. I don't even care. I'm like, mm-hmm. kid was inside my body for 42 mm-hmm. weeks. He can stay on my body for a little while. Mm-hmm. And then um, uh, what I noticed, which was so beautiful, was that in the quietness of not leaving the bed for a week, now and then we didn't really leave the room for the second mm-hmm. week. And then the third week and fourth week, I was around the house. But my little boy was going to preschool. My husband was going to work. And it was just me and Augie. And then a friend would usually come at some point during the day. But the silence, the yeah. silence, I didn't play music. I didn't have on the, you know, any shows. I was on social media, but, um, but the silence mm-hmm. was so beautiful. I found myself multiple days just sitting, like cooing with him and mm. finding myself completely still inside and out. Mm. You know, the kind of thing that, you go away for 10 day silent retreats for, yeah. you know, just happening so in my home with yeah. my baby. And this little guy got <laughs> like so much more of my presence mm-hmm. in that first 40 days than Freddie did. And sorry to Freddie, but I didn't know. Yeah. And like, you know, we've learned that eye contact really helps their neurological mm-hmm. development and their cognitive functioning. And like this guy got an abundance of mm-hmm. me just right with him there, silent, not thinking about a million things, not stressed out, not anxious, yeah. just fully calm and present. And I think that played a big role in his demeanor now because he chills and he mm-hmm. sleeps mm-hmm. and he's cool, you know? I mean, yeah. both my kids were, but I think it helps. And it's really priceless. I mean, you know, you'll never get that time back. And it's for you and him and you together. Yeah. I mean, you know, Jemima and Goldie are six years and yours are five years apart. So mm-hmm. same thing. And back in school, back at work. Mm-hmm. And how that bubble is just so healing. Yeah. And what you don't know with the first one, you get to indulge yeah. with in the second. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then as you know, like life picks right back up. Oh my so, God. We're in full swing at 10 weeks. Yeah. So just to, because I think people think it's this, you know, such a huge commitment when you hear 40 days and it's literally a flash if you can just commit to it. There may be a time during it that it feels like a long time, but mm. now that I'm out of it, yeah. I um, I wish I would have made it to 40. I knew I wouldn't. It's mm-hmm. just logistically couldn't work. I had mm-hmm. to pick up Freddie. Yeah. <laughs> I had to pick him up from school. Yeah. But... Yeah, I'm, I was so on lockdown. I loved it. I thought I'd be, you know, climbing the walls and it was just heaven. Stillness. I'm, I'm, I miss it. I think it's mental. I think if done well and done right, it can you can heal a lot of your mental health. Yeah. We talk about the postpartum period being a time where we can feel longstanding illnesses mm-hmm. or diseases or just healing the body in general from birth. Yeah. But honestly, I think 
I'm, I think that we can heal our mental health in that time too. Mm-hmm. And having tools like yoga nidra to use, like meditation is great. Yoga nidra is better for mamas because you're laying down mm-hmm. and you, it's like you so do much. Yes. It's yeah. so restorative. And I've been calling it mama's medicine for years mm. because I didn't do it during my pregnancy with Freddie the same way, but I did postpartum. That's mm. actually when I fell in love with it because mm. I was so tired. Mm-hmm. I was like, I just need some sleep. I, I can't sit and meditate right now, but I could do this. Yeah. And in those in those times, I might come in and out of sleep during the practice, but still, it's working. Mm. It's working on me. So. And then how did it feel getting out of it at four weeks? Like, did you feel ready to be back in the world or was it just, like you said, the logistics, like no choice or what did that look like for you? I think a mixture of all of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was, it was nice to see people out of the house. We made a point, Freddie's best friend's family have, their whole family has become dear friends with us. And, um, the the mom, the girlfriend of mine, <laughs> she was the one that I canceled on. Remember how I said mm, there was only mm-hmm. two days that I canceled? Well, she was one. So we went to their house first. Mm, that's nice. And it was sweet because we didn't go like out in public. We went into another home, mm-hmm. which was perfect. Yeah. Oh, oh, oh. Not too stimulating. Thank well, you. I don't know. She has two little boys and they oh. were like, can I hold the baby? Can I hold the baby? I was like, uh, yes, we can. <laughs> Another one of those things that you wouldn't do at the first, but do at the second. Oh, yeah. yes, yeah, here, totally two-year-old, fine. hold my totally newborn. <laughs> yeah. And then what is your schedule going to look like now? Are you getting back to work? Are you working from home? What does that look like? Well, this one, Freddie taught me how to work online. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. like I moved, being a yoga teacher, you're always exchanging time for money. Um, Freddie taught me, okay, you can put the time in and then the money can flow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hi. Well, and you're teaching me. And Augie's trying to tell you that he's teaching me how to scale that now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so the practices that I've created, um, I did a whole bunch in advance so that I don't have to be recording and editing and doing all that kind of stuff. Um, but now this time I've actually hired out people. So someone's building me a website right now and someone else is helping me with, you know, all the communications and I'm like orchestrating it, but I'm, but I'm spending less time. So great. (laughs) Right. Yeah. Yeah. So it's still my idea. It's still my vision. It's still all the things. And Mm -hmm. I mean, full transparency, I basically went from making money to now I'm investing every bit of money that's coming in back into it. So thank goodness that my husband is in a place where he can float us for a little mm-hmm. while while I build indul- the next level. Yeah, exactly. that's what it takes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's awesome. Yeah, has that been stressful knowing who to hire, how to hire? Because that that's something that just feels so. Ugh, when I think about it, like even having an assistant because, I, you know, I want to control the words that are emailed to people. Like how do you... I still write the words that are emailed okay. to people. So I how still... do you do all that? Well... <laughs> and find the right person. <laughs> I put out a thing on my Instagram, actually. Mm. I put on a job application on my Instagram for an assistant, I think before I was even pregnant. And 
I figured that that somebody that came through them would know my voice. They know mm-hmm. my deal. They know my style. They know my way. They've been studying. Like if they've right. been reading my things, my I don't think of myself as an influencer on Instagram. I think of myself as an educator. Mm-hmm. And so they've been, you know, getting the education that I'm offering. And then when I hired her, the woman that I hired actually met her at the Calsaway prenatal training mm-hmm. <laughs> years ago. Mm-hmm. And she's amazing. And I love her. And... um she she had the skill set. She had done the job before. She's she's just she's just she's awesome. on it. She's mm-hmm. good, and she's also somebody who I want to hang out with, which I think is really important mm-hmm. when you think about who you're going to hire. Um, Personality wise, we just like there's a mutual yeah. admiration happening, which That's I think so really helps. Mm-hmm. Um, and also, she's fully capable of taking on way more than what I'm giving her. Mm-hmm. So I'm like baby steps. Because like you, I want to control everything, mm-hmm. <laughs> baby steps. But I'm meeting her tomorrow to be like, hey, I want you to take this whole chunk now too. That's so great. Um, and well, then for the, for the web, I think, you know, referrals. Yeah. You got to do referrals. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's exciting. Augie's really vocal right now. Mm-hmm. He's awake. <laughs> he's drooling. He's, he's supposed to be sleeping. <laughs> <laughs> Are there any things that you would like to part with or other things you would like to share if you could have added anything else into your postpartum this time or you feel like it was pretty complete or anything that's coming up to share? Mm. I think one of the most important things that we can do is lower our expectation of ourselves. And I hope that that doesn't sound like a bad thing. And maybe to be more clear, like lower my expectation for productivity, for... Um, connectivity, like just lower my, I just lowered my expectation of what I would be able to do mm-hmm. in the life that was there before. And I rose my expectation on how I could be present with myself and with my little mm-hmm. boy and my five-year-old and my husband. Mm-hmm. Like my husband, I think that every time I roll over and give him a snuggle in bed, it's worth a million dollars to mm-hmm. him, you know, like, and I don't think that I did that with him Mm-hmm. postpartum with Freddie because I was so touched out. And now instead of feeling like it's a burden, because when you're touched out, every, every mama knows that feeling of being touched out. Mm-hmm. I lean into him and I go into it from the perspective, even though I'm going for the touch, that he's holding me. Mm-hmm. You know, like it's my mind that's telling me whether he's whether he's taking from me or giving to me. That's mm-hmm. my mind. Because mm-hmm. all it is is a snuggle. Yeah, But I think... I think a lot of people can relate to that snuggle being a burden yeah. or being like, oh, one I can't. more thing I have to do. Yeah. And so the power of the mind to, to perceive something in a particular way is one of the greatest things that we can work totally. with. Yeah. So, and also when you're in a positive place with your partner, you're resourcing each other. So you, you are getting stuff back from that also, you know? Yes. When it's, when their resentment's building and there's the communication is broken down, it does feel like you're just giving more and more and like, F that, who wants to do that? Oh my you're, God. you're up all night, up, up all day, you know? <laughs> yes. So it's beautiful. I mean, it just, I'm just saying that because it's the work you put in, it all makes such a difference. Yeah. And helping each other through the, the, the new way. Yeah. But I, th- yes, definitely. And I think the perception though is really powerful because oh, yeah, totally. with my, like waking up in the middle of the night, mm-hmm. all mama's got to do that. Yeah. With Freddie, and I hope Freddie never listens to this because I don't want him to ever feel like he was a burden. But with Freddie, I would, I would almost resent him. Mm-hmm. Like I was mm-hmm. like, ah, 
I just need more sleep. Mm-hmm. I just, I, it's, can't you just sleep already? You know, that mm-hmm. was sort of my thought pattern. But with this guy, I was like, it's only for a little while. Of course I'll wake up and make it better for you. Mm-hmm. You know, of course I'm going to wake up and help you. Yeah. And I mean, that's a reflection on me and my own maturity and like where I was with motherhood. Well, you're a mom. You're a mom now. I was tapped out to my fullest capacity totally. ever with him. Yeah. And this one, I'm like, okay, of course. Because I know you're going to sleep mm-hmm. when it's time for you to sleep. And you know it's going to pass. I mean, that's the thing with motherhood. It's kind of like, that's why moms can handle so much because you know everything in life is passing, you know? <laughs> everything. Everything, the good and the bad. Yeah. Um, and I don't think you can really own that and live that until you've gone through it. I mean, at least I couldn't. You, I don't even think you can explain it. No, you I mean, I had no it. idea. I had no idea. And I think that's, with everything with postpartum, like when I work with my clients, it's it's just saying like, all of this is theoretical. Like, I know that, you know that, and we're going to figure it out as we go. But like, let's just line you up as well as we can. Yeah. Like, what would you say? The development of self-trust and understanding of your own capabilities and believing in yourself? Yeah. And I also, I think, I mean, that's, I love working with women right when they become pregnant or even before, because it is such a spiritual practice. And obviously like you and you're, you know, you've been doing yoga for decades you have such an intimate relationship with yourself already. And then, so you're already that more equipped. But some people really aren't. Some people really don't know who they are, what they want until exactly. they have their baby, you know? And like, so they have more work to do to really yeah. uncover all the things. But I do think it's, um, it can be such a portal of really becoming this powerful warrior woman, you know, and I love seeing that in the new moms, even when you're like busted and so exhausted. I love being with new moms because it's this, that mama bear energy and like owning it. And you're so powerful, no matter what your birth looked like. Yeah. Um, I forget where I read this, but it was talking about ancient cultures and the ritual of birth. And um, for example, let's say in uh, First Nations communities, they would go through like a sun dance or mm-hmm. a vision quest. And it was the men that would go through these big, ah! intense, um, these big, intense ceremonies in order to move into manhood. Mm-hmm. But the women never did. And the reason the women never did is because birth and motherhood was such a huge rite of passage that was naturally occurring that they didn't need to go through, you Mm -hmm. know, three nights without food food in the woods. (laughs) Or they didn't have to, you know, go through these these other rites and rituals because ours is naturally built in through motherhood. And Mm -hmm. when I read that, I was like, that is the truest thing I've ever read about this. This is... This is as deep of a ceremony as going into a sh- mm-hmm. like I called this birth my shamanic birth mm-hmm. because you know mm-hmm. it was it was yeah. <laughs> it really was um, and you it's a rebirth also it's a birth and a rebirth and it's I mean it's all of it and it's a death and it's it's all of the things I think for me motherhood the biggest kind of underlying theme is just holding the paradoxes at all times all the time and that our society doesn't really support any of that. And so it's just such a shocker. <laughs> like, oh, I'm feeling more love than I ever have for this being and elated on one hand. And like, also, who am I? And like, I f- I'm mourning my life before this. And I mean, it's just everything. You know, it's, the exhaustion and the new, yeah, oh, it's everything. everything. It's funny because, you know, I do astrology as well. Mm-hmm. And I was listening to... um 
Let's astrologers speak of this year. So mm. we have some of the biggest astrology this year that we will ever see in our lifetime. 2020. 2020. Yeah. We have cycles ending mm. that started at the time of Christ, that started wow. in the 1500s, that, you know, every 200 years, every 34 years, every 32 years, like every year, there's so many cycles ending right now. And one of the big um, conjunctions that's happening this year, that means two planets that are hanging out. There's a lot of talk about Pluto and Saturn together, but also Saturn and Jupiter together. And Saturn is the planet that gives us our biggest lessons. It helps us mature. It's like, um, it's a teacher planet and it's mm. very karmic and it rules through time. And so mm. you don't get to choose when your karmic lessons come. It's like mm. they come mm-hmm. when it's time. Mm-hmm. And Jupiter is the guru planet, is also a teacher planet. And Jupiter likes to expand whatever you're putting your attention on. And so motherhood is like the conjunction between Saturn and Jupiter because it's like Saturn, most people hear of it because your Saturn return, it's a really hard time. Saturn works you, mm-hmm. you know? And so it contracts. Saturn contracts, Jupiter expands. And these two, when they're together, it's like they compared it to the, the astrologer compared it to motherhood. It was like, it's so hard. You're so exhausted. You're at the end of your rope. You don't think you can go any further. And then the kid like smiles and coos yeah. at you and you melt into your little oxytocin like, bubble. Totally. And you're like, oh my God, I love you so much. And mm-hmm. it's really the the analogy of this whole year for all of humanity, mm-hmm. you know? And I just thought that was really interesting to to perhaps add for some people because mm-hmm. what you were saying about we're not taught to hold the polarities. Well, this is a year of learning how to hold mm-hmm. the polarities mm-hmm. because it's going to be a really big year on the right. I mean, I don't want to get political, no. but no. like what did Trump just do? You know, like you know. We're, we're almost going into war, but then we're also creating a new, new mm-hmm. systems and structures at the exact same time. Yeah. So there's a rebirth. And, you know... The, the fires in Australia, you oh know, God, I mean, it's time, like, you know, animals just that we've taken for granted is like so close to extinction, you know? Mm-hmm. I mean, like 95% of the koalas are gone. I mean, it's just it's it's, insane. It feels like biblical times in a lot of ways. And according to the astrology, it is. So, okay. <laughs> we need to wrap soon because I'm very mindful of your time, but I, I would love to dive deep into that because I've seen you post little things and I'm like, I want to know, but do I want to know? Um, but I do want to know. Well, to sum it up, yeah, because it's cycles upon cycles upon cycles, this is the culmination of your entire life, your entire ancestry. If you believe in multiple lives, the culmination mm. of multiple lives for us to show up right now and create. Like we Mm. should do our best. If we focused on how do we expand love? How do we open our heart? And how do we create the world that we want to live in? If that was our main focus this year, Mm. we will do really, really well. Because this is the year that we've all been waiting for. This is the year that we all incarnated for. Mm. to show up in your mastery. Wow. And so, is everyone hearing that? That's incredible. I mean, that gives me goosebumps. Yeah. So even though we're seeing some some scary things happening, mm-hmm. yeah. Think about this way. We've got four planets in Capricorn, which represents government. We've got the moon eclipse on the 12th in Cancer, which represents the home and the family. There's four planets, five planets over there and one over in Cancer. And so it's this big tug of war. But the thing is, is there's only one government in America or any country around the world and there are millions of people. Mm -hmm. And if we all like just bear down and pull Mm -hmm. that tug of war back into the home and say, no, this is what we need. This is what we want. This is the life and the way that we want to create it. It, the think of how many ropes are pulling down on the systems that are millions, creating. millions, yeah. and yeah. I think that ownership, you know, which is so 
gorgeous to see in my mama friends and clients and on, all the moms on Instagram that have come together. I mean, even our medical freedom in California, how much it just banded us together. Oh, like we're not backing down. No, it's amazing. And and even bigger than that, when, you know, just taking the, the macro look at, you know, things can look really different than we think they're going to look. That's but just it. Yeah, it's, it can be so much bigger and fuller and more amazing yes. than what we ever thought. Well, that same astrologer that gave that analogy, he said, oh no, somebody else has this new. Anyways, uh, they were like, remember before we had digital cameras, if somebody would have came to you and said, there's no more film for cameras, mm-hmm. for videos, you don't need film anymore. When we were deep in the world of film, we would have thought they were crazy. Mm-hmm. But now here we are, like who you film is now this very niche yeah. market because it's all mm-hmm. digital. And then I, I was doing a Nidra and sometimes after Nidras, when I have more time, I will just sit and almost observe thoughts and a lot of inspiration comes through. And I was like, oh yeah, we're going to have hologram apps pretty mm-hmm. soon. Like you're not going to be doing yoga with your yoga teacher on the screen. They're going to be a hologram in your room next That's to you. so cool. You know what I mean? Like, did you think of that before? No, because it mm-hmm. wasn't on the Jetsons, mm-hmm. but it was on Star Trek. <laughs> That's so cool. Right? And I know so- it's like, it is limitless and, and using things for good. Yeah. And I think with the way mm, that, I love that I think the way that the pharmaceutical world is changing our relationship with our medical care is that more people are working on maintaining health, like preemptive health, right. rather than wait until there's a problem, right, and fix which it, will create a whole. Unquote. It is currently and has been creating a whole new market of wellness. Yeah, and so as we see these markets emerge they'll actually make the other side irrelevant. Totally. And if and ownership, you know, like, oh, my diet does make a difference, you yes. know, to my health. And movement matters. Movement matters. And and being in healthy relationship matters. And loving my life. Being and maybe not up. earning as much money, but loving my life. You know, yeah. I mean, all these things, I think we're really looking at it in a new way and it's exciting. But that actually fired me up. So thank you for that little... <laughs> wrap up because I actually really feel that way at 42 of like really beautifully gelled in my marriage. We've been married 10 years. You know, I feel like my kids are great. Like I feel like my career, I'm really clear on where I'm going. So I love that because I really, it does feel that way of like, yeah, this is it. This is the time to do the stuff I want to do. Yeah. And to, and to be bold. To be bold. And we all need to be bold. Like there's no more shrinking violet time. You know, we have to be the change we wish to see. Absolutely. It's now. Yeah. Yeah. And we've been getting that message. It's mm-hmm. now. The time is now. Yeah. It's, and, and um, I chose to talk about Jupiter and Saturn, but it's Pluto, it's Mars. Mm. It's, everybody's going through mm-hmm. the portal there. So, And I, w- I want to add, because for any new mom listening, this can, you know, that can feel overwhelming because you're so depleted and tired. But here's the thing is we're in this world right now for a reason. And if we weren't, we wouldn't be here in this lifetime. So it's just kind of owning each day you do what you can do, right? We can't change everything in one day. So it's just staying the course. And that I love that Yogi Bhajan quote that I think about every single day of just keep up and you will be kept up. Yeah. You just stay, keep your vibe high, eat good food, rest, like do the best you can. Yeah. And then when you are called to stand up and fight, you can. Yeah. And that's what this year is. Yeah. And I think... Also, you know, it's the year that we came to do the thing that we're Mm. here to do can be really intimidating. 
And if you don't know what your purpose is, your purpose is to ask yourself, mm, what's my mm-hmm. purpose? And not stress about it. We can stay in the question mm. far longer than we have answers. Mm. And staying in the question is actually expanding yourself into possibility. If yeah. we limit ourselves with answers, we start to limit possibility. And, you know, that as a contemplation, I don't know what I'm supposed to do. Well, okay, then just stay in the question. What yeah. am I supposed to do? Yeah. And then... Pay attention to, like, last night, it was one of those serendipitous moments. I kind of, at the last minute, was like, honey, I need to go to yoga. (laughs) And so I went to the studio, and then my girlfriend just, like, slipped into the bathroom as I got there. And I was like, oh, my goodness. (laughs) So I found her. I waited and talked to her. We practiced together. And then afterwards, she brought a key for me. You know, like, she was like, oh, I was talking to my friend, Mm. and he said this, and I thought of you. And it was a key. And Mm. at first, I said no. And I was like, I take that back. Yes. Can't let mm-hmm. hook me up with a conversation. Mm-hmm. I'm being super vague, I know, but just the example of pay attention. Yeah. Pay attention. Ask the question. The answers come in and, a lot of different ways. Yeah. And because it is such a, it, because the year is so big of ending cycles and opening cycles, the more you stay open to unexpected mm-hmm. and unfamiliar and get turn into a bit of a like a, an adventure mm-hmm. into possibility totally um it will take you really really far and i, I know we got to wrap but yeah. just one thing i want to add really quickly also like with your human design there you know there are specific ways to manifest and unspecific and i'm all unspecific mm. and so like vision boards have never worked. I've never been into them. I, I always put this pressure myself to do them, you know, all the manifestation lists and I don't work that way. And actually when I look back at my life, all the great stuff that's happened is because my vibe is there and I'm doing what I love, but I'm not like writing it down and like praying on it every day and all, you know, so we all do it in different ways. Yeah. And so just being open and also knowing that the universe often has bigger plans for us that are better than we could have ever imagined. And maybe we're down one track of school or study or work and it's that's not our calling. So yeah, let's do this 2020. 2020. And don't you love how Augie just fell asleep right Augie now? just passed out. He decided so to cute. be awake for the whole podcast and now he is passed. He right has stuff to back. say. Well, thank you, Jana. It was a pleasure to have you. Thank and you, I love the follow-up. I think it's really great to share and see and hear from all women, you know, pre and post birth. Yeah. Thank you yeah, for having me. Of course. Yeah. I think it's so beautiful that you're investing and encouraging women to invest in that time. Thank you. Yeah. All right. Love you. Love you too. J-Ma. <laughs> J-Ma. 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 J-Ma.